have totally lucked out. It is a beautiful day, a perfect day actually, weather-wise, to go visit the Harlem River. And I'm gonna visit it today from a place that I've never been to before, Roberto Clemente State Park. While I'm there, I'm really hoping to see some of the rowers that I've heard so much about that use the Harlem River. This is episode four of Adrift NYC, a show that explores the waterways that touch the shores of New York City. Through conversations about history, science, and art, we'll see how the waterways are influencing us, how we're influencing them, and where we're both headed. In the process, dear listeners, you're going to get ideas for new places to explore. For those of you who are new to Adrift NYC, I've embarked on an adventure to visit 30 waterways that touch New York City, and I'm going to document it here with all of you on this podcast. Today, we're off to the Harlem River. But before we go there, I want to share some listener feedback that I got. A few of you have asked if I could paint a more clear picture of where each waterway I'm talking about physically is, because you're not always sure when you're listening. So first off, I want to thank Kathy H. and T.S. for that feedback. I'll start posting a map in the show notes for each waterway that I talk about, starting today with a map of the Harlem River. And I'll also do my best to paint a mental picture for each of you here through audio. The Harlem River separates Manhattan Island from the Bronx. It branches off the Hudson River right near Inwood Park up on the Upper West Side, and it flows around the northern tip of Manhattan or the base of the Bronx, whichever way you want to look at it, until it reaches the East River at around 102nd Street on the east side of Manhattan Island. If you're looking at Manhattan on the map that I'm going to post in the show notes, the Harlem River is the skinny little waterway at the top of the island. One of the first times I really took notice of this waterway was when I was commuting to Westchester along the Harlem River Drive really early in the morning, and I saw a crew team rowing out there on the water. Now, it was barely light. There was this mist hanging just above the water, and three boats just seemed to appear really out of nowhere. They cut through the water so smoothly and silently, and it just struck me as it seemed like such a contrast to the busy and loud road that I was driving on. So it really, it just caught my eye. What I didn't know until I started research for this episode is that some people consider New York City to be the birthplace of rowing in the United States. Rowing sprouted up on a number of urban rivers in on the East Coast, and New York, specifically the Harlem River, was one of the two major locations, the other being the Schuylkill in Philadelphia. That's Bob Barnett, president of Harlem River Community Rowing, which is an all-volunteer club that's committed to providing affordable, accessible rowing on the Harlem River. The club is also championing the recreational use of the river. You're going to love Bob. He's a wealth of information about the river, about rowing as a sport, and how you can get yourself out there on the Harlem River. Hi, Bob. It's great to have you here with us. Great to talk with you. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, great. Me too. When it comes to rowing, why the Harlem River? What makes it so attractive to rowers? The Harlem River is the only body of water that really can accommodate sweep and sculling around New York. All the other rivers are problematic, have currents and other uses that make them unusable for rowing. So it's basically this section of water going from just about Yankee Stadium, a little above Yankee Stadium, up through and up to the Hudson River is the only really functional area that we can row in. I'm going to jump back in time now, literally, because you had mentioned that the Harlem River played a key role in the history of rowing. I was just wondering if you could give me your point of view on the history of rowing and the Harlem River's role in it. At one point, 
the Harlem River had up to 50 boathouses where you would have crews of all derivations from, you know, working class to collegiate-related sportsman-type clubs. So at one point, it was a very major venue. And in fact, people in the late 1800s crowding the banks of the Harlem River and competing as they watched regattas in boats and play and racing on the river. And in fact, there were always the stories. There was a lot of betting going on. There were people hot being paid off to throw the race. All of that that went on that you go on with betting for sports took place with rowing. And what would you say what years were really the heyday of rowing on the Harlem River? To the best of knowledge, it would have been from the 1870s, 80s. I would say up until, say, after the First World War. After that, the level of industrialization and urbanization just transformed the whole body of water. And I was fascinated by that description of all those boathouses that you said once existed. Are any of those left today? There is no boathouse, no historic boathouses. It would probably, if they had survived, they would look something like Boathouse Row on Schuylkill in Philadelphia. We hope to see more rowing coming back so that we really create a whole culture around rowing on the Harlem River. You certainly intrigued me. I want to give it a try. I've never done it, so I'll have to get out there. Well, you know, we will be having a what we call Get on the Water, a very simple program for one hour. Opportunity for people to get on the water on a very stable barge and they learn the basics of the stroke. This year and years to come, we will start increasing our programming, increasing the opportunity for other people to learn the sport and and participate. Great. Do people just go to your website to find that information about that Get on the Water program that's going to be coming up? There will be information posted later in this month. We'll be doing two classes, one in, uh, in September and two sessions in October. Bob, thank you so much for, for taking time to speak with me. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks. Good talk to you. So here I am in the Robert Clemente State Park, and I am looking at what I am guessing are people learning to row. Um, And I see the boathouse that has recently been built. It's a beautiful day. You can get right down here on the Harlem River. Really pretty. There's a pool here in the park. Great place to just come and relax on a beautiful day like today. As I walked along the shore of the river there in the park, I noticed these really interesting and informative signs about how they're using indigenous plants to help filter pollutants from stormwater in order to prevent those pollutants from getting into the river itself. My next guest, Katie Friedman, talked about the challenges the river faces in regard to that runoff and overflow pollutants. Katie is an aquatic ecologist for the NYC Parks Department, and she certainly knows her stuff when it comes to the state of the marine environment in the Harlem River, because she's project managing our Harlem River watershed and natural resources management plan. And she's going to talk a little bit about all of that. Well, hi, Katie, and thanks for joining us here at Adrift NYC. Thanks for having me. What type of waterway is the Harlem River? Is, is it a true river? So the Harlem River is not a true river. It's a bit misleading. It's technically a tidal strait connecting the Hudson River to the East River. It's about nine miles long, and it's part of the larger New York, New Jersey Harbor estuary. Katie, I'm curious, what do you like most about the Harlem River? I love that the Harlem River is nestled between the Bronx and Manhattan, these two bustling urban environments, but it still provides this great habitat for a diversity of aquatic life 
It's had a really fascinating history from being dredged and channelized for navigation. Its wetlands have been filled in and covered with train tracks that I ride often, but we're seeing more and more environmental attention coming to the Harlem River in recent decades in the form of water quality monitoring, salt marsh restoration, and a lot of great public advocacy around waterfront access. It's actually a EPA-designated urban waters federal partnership site, so there are many federal agencies state and local agencies and partners on the ground who are working together in collaboration on a lot of projects on the Harlem River. What type of marine life is living in the Harlem River? The Harlem River supports at least 15 different species of fish. Some examples are striped bass, winter flounder, American eel, and river herring. And you can also find blue crabs, oysters, ribbed mussels, and a lot of barnacles in the Harlem River. And over the past 10 years or so, people have been spotting seals visiting the Harlem River, which is really exciting to see a harbor seal hanging out between the Bronx and Manhattan. And the theory is that seals will travel up and down the coast following schools of fish as a food source. So it's really a hopeful sign to see that they're finding food in the Harlem River. Can you talk a little bit about the health of the Harlem River? How's it doing? So the Harlem River and its watershed, meaning the land that drains to the Harlem River, was historically this complex system of tidal creeks and wetlands along the shoreline. But over time, humans have really transformed the watershed from what was primarily forest and agricultural land to dense urban neighborhoods with a lot of industry, particularly along the waterfront. And today, for instance, when it rains, the water will flow over these hard surfaces into our sewer system instead of percolating through the ground, which happens in more natural settings. So in heavy storms, our sewer system will overflow into the Harlem River, dumping this combination of stormwater and sewage into the river, which is a big issue due to bacteria and other pollutants that enter the waterway. So the water quality over time has been improving, mainly due to improvements to these wastewater infrastructure issues. For instance, the USGS has documented dissolved oxygen data collected by many agencies over the past 65 years, and they've shown that dissolved oxygen, one water quality parameter, is improving in the river. So that's a great parameter for aquatic organisms. Aquatic organisms need dissolved oxygen to survive. So what are the biggest challenges for the health of the Harlem River? I mean, sounds like there's a lot of efforts being done to help improve it, but are there still some hurdles or or challenges that people face? Yeah, so although water quality has improved over time, the Harlem River still experiences these combined sewer overflows at 19 outfalls along the waterfront. So it remains a real challenge. And the New York City Department of Environmental Protection, or DEP, is developing a long-term control plan to reduce these overflows. And one method that's being considered, which is pretty interesting, involves separating out a stream called Tibbetts Brook from the sewer system and reconnecting it back to the Harlem River where it originally flowed. So Tibbetts Brook runs from Yonkers up in Westchester down through Van Cortlandt Park in the Bronx and was historically connected to the Harlem River. But today it's rooted into the sewer system and in dry weather when it's not raining, it flows to a wastewater treatment plant even though it's relatively clean water that doesn't need to be treated. Then when it rains, the stream flow from Tibbetts Brook overloads our sewer system and contributes to those combined sewer overflows in the Harlem River. So one of the 
potential options for reducing combined sewer overflows is disconnecting that brook, Tibbetts Brook, from the sewer system and reconnecting it back to the Harlem. Wow, that's a fascinating project. Anything else going on that listeners should know about? In order to protect the river, we need to consider how the land draining into the river is used. So it's important to maintain and also expand the green space in the watershed and connect folks to those areas so that we can all enjoy them and help take care of them. And part of my role as an aquatic ecologist uh, is to work with the Watershed Advisory Committee to develop a management plan for the Harlem River with a particular focus on the Bronx side of the watershed. So we're aiming to publish this plan in 2020, and it's available online as a draft for folks who are interested in taking a peek. I can share that link with you. Listeners, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can easily find it. Before I let you go, Katie, I'd love to know some of your favorite spots along the Harlem River and where you'd recommend people visit. Sure. Yeah. So one example is the High Bridge, which crosses the Harlem River. It's the oldest bridge in New York City that still exists today, and it was built in 1837 to deliver clean drinking water to New York City through the Croton Aqueduct, and you can now walk across it. It was a recent renovation. Mm. And then That's very cool. Travel, yeah, it's really I, cool. I haven't done that. I'll have to go check that one out. Maybe this yeah. weekend. Yeah, definitely, and you get really cool views as well. And then I was going to say, if you travel further up the river to where the Harlem River meets the Hudson, You get a really incredible view of forested hillside and a restored salt marsh in Inwood Hill Park. And when I'm in that area, it really makes me feel like I've traveled back in time. It's amazing to me, some of these waterways, when you're on them or you're near them, you really sometimes just don't feel like you're in New York City. Yeah, it's so funny. I I also think visiting the Harlem River really serves as a great reminder that we have many aquatic neighbors here in New York, too, not just people. There's so many fish species and that occasional seal that benefit from the habitat provided by the Harlem River. Thank you again, Katie. This has been really great. And I wish you the best of luck with all the work you're doing. It's great stuff. Yeah, thank you so much. If anyone wants to get in touch with Katie, the best way to reach her is by email, and I'll include her email address in the show notes. After this break, I'll talk with street photographer Christina Scherer about how she's fallen in love with taking pictures of the Harlem River after 20 years of focusing on people around the city. Welcome, Christina. I'm so glad that you could be here today. Thank you for inviting me to be here, to be part of this podcast. Could you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. I'm Christina Scherer, originally from Switzerland, and I came to New York City in the 1980s. I took photography courses, and in the course of that education, I met Helen Levitt, the master street photographer, and she encouraged me to pursue photography as an art. Nature hasn't been my first topic in photography. My first 20 years was people, New York City, Mm. buildings, situations in this candid photography. But I started doing nature and especially water on my walks and I can't get enough of it. How do you compose your picture? Are you drawn to having boats on the water, birds on the water, just the water? It's all spontaneous. Ah. I cannot really predict it. If I'm lucky, I have everything. The way I photograph is the world attracts me through something, and I don't know what that something is. I see it when I look at the picture. Christina, I know you've taken hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures of the Harlem River, and I'm wondering, is there one that you particularly like? 
One of them that really came out good because it shows both the East River and the Harlem River when they split right in front of, of the tip of Randall's Islands on the left. And the water is just fantastic. I took it from above, from the Wards Bridge, and this body of water feels almost like the sea. What did you mean by that? Like size or how the... It feels rough? very vast and the surface is almost polished. It really looks like a big body of water that expands in infinity. So if you were to go back to Harlem River just yeah. for a day of relaxing and possibly getting some nice photographs, where do you think you'd gravitate towards? Where would you go? I would definitely go to Inwood. I love that part very much. But it's not so much the location as the lighting. I'm very interested in lighting. If the lighting feels better across Wardsbridge, then I'll go to Wardsbridge and take the, the pictures from there. And the time, you know, in the morning, the sun is really against the camera or the camera against the sun. And I avoid those pictures. Is that because the sun is right there in your face? I love to be along the Harlem River in the morning. But for photography, it's not ideal. Mm -hmm. It's better afternoon, early afternoon till evening. Because then know. the sun is setting on yes. the west side. Christina, I'm going to post some of your photographs of the Harlem River in the show notes. But if listeners want to see more of your work, where should they go? Right now, it's on Facebook. And physically, it's at the Center for Optimal Performance on 40th Street. I have black and white photographs there and color photographs, actual printed photographs. Oh, yeah. very nice. Thank you very much, Christina. You're very welcome. Thank you very much. That wraps up our visit to the Harlem River, number four in the list of 30 waterways we'll visit on this podcast adventure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate it. And thanks to Bob Barnett, Katie Friedman, and Christina Scherer for taking time to speak with me. And thanks always to Mary Jean Stead for composing and performing our lovely theme song. If you haven't left a review yet, or if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, please do. Subscribing really does help other people discover the show. If you would like to connect with me or other Adrift NYC listeners, follow me on Instagram at Adrift NYC, or you can visit our new website at adriftnyc.com. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Until next week, make waves! from the Tsetse Project.